Hey Grace242 kids, my son Colin has really been getting into superheroes lately, especially the Hulk. Hulk Superman! And my question for you all is, have you ever gotten into superheroes in your life? Do you have a favorite superhero or do you have a favorite superhero movie? Or maybe you don't like superheroes at all, which is fine too. What's your opinion on superheroes? Hi, my name is Anne Stadola, and the scripture reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 20. Hear the word of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a song by the name of Hero from a Christian band, Mass Anthem. I need a hero, someone to The lyrics of that song say, I need a hero, someone to rescue me. And in many ways, that is the chorus of scripture. The Bible opens with God creating the cosmos. His spirit speaks and galaxies form. Planets whiz into place and the earth takes its shape. On the earth, God forms the first two humans, Adam and Eve. And he gives them a home to live in called the Garden of Eden. Genesis 1.31a says, Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. It was good because everything was as it should be. Creation was perfect. Adam and Eve lived with God in the Garden of Eden in perfect peace and harmony. There was one condition, though, for life in the Garden. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? The snake plants doubt about God's goodness into Eve's mind. And she and Adam ate the forbidden fruit in an attempt to seize the status of God. And they disobeyed God. Sin was brought into the world and the peace and harmony of creation is disrupted. Adam and Eve are exiled from the Garden of Eden and condemned to a life of hardship and toil apart from God. Their lot in life is to work hard and then die. But it's into this bleak landscape that God makes a promise. Speaking to the snake who deceived Adam and Eve, God says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the first promise of a hero who will make right what the humans made wrong. Because of sin, the humans are at perpetual war with the snake. But God promises a hero who will be a descendant of Adam and Eve. That hero will strike the head of the snake, but not before the snake gets a bite into his heel. Even when sin and death had just entered the world, God promises a hero. Adam and Eve have kids, and their kids have kids, and this continues until we get to a man named Jacob who had a favorite son named Joseph. Jacob's favoritism prompted the other brothers to hate Joseph. And the brothers staged this coup where they sold Joseph into slavery in Egypt and told their dad that a wild animal had attacked and killed their brother. Joseph, through a series of ups and downs, becomes the second in command in all of Egypt. Meanwhile, a famine hits Canaan where Jacob's family lives. 
And thanks to Joseph's wise leadership, Egypt has food. Jacob's sons travel to Egypt for food when they find their long-lost brother there. Having been reunited with his brothers, Joseph moves Jacob's family to Egypt where there is plenty of food. And Joseph sees God's hand at work in all this when he says, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. In Joseph, God had raised up a hero to protect his people by moving them to Egypt where there is plenty to survive. The multiplying of God continues. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. So God creates a rescue plan. God says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. God's rescue plan is to raise up this hero named Moses. God sends Moses to Pharaoh demanding that the king let the Hebrews leave Egypt. Every time the king refuses, God sends a plague upon Egypt until finally the king relents. And Moses leads the Hebrews out of Egypt through the waters of the Red Sea and ultimately to the cusp of the land of their forefather Jacob, the land of Canaan. So the Lord rescues his people from Egypt through his hero Moses. In Exodus 13:3, Moses says, This is a day to remember forever, the day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today, the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Moses leads the Hebrews to the cusp of the promised land. And after Moses dies, God appoints a new leader, Joshua, to lead the family of God into the promised land. After conquering the promised land, the Israelites settle the land and begin their life as a nation under God as their king. But the nation of Israel was under attack by all these external threats and enemies. And so God would raise up local heroes called judges to deliver the people from their enemies. Look at Judges 3 verse 9. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother Kenaz. And Judges 3.15, But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. In keeping with his pattern, God raises up these hero judges to deliver his people from their enemies. Around this same time, a woman named Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth lose all of the men in their lives. In an astounding tragedy, their husbands die, so these women face long odds as widows. Ruth accompanies her mother-in-law Naomi to live in Naomi's hometown in Bethlehem. Ruth gathers food from a field that belongs to a man named Boaz. And Boaz develops a little thing for Ruth. So Boaz becomes what the Old Testament calls a family redeemer. Eventually, Boaz marries Ruth, giving her and Naomi a second shot at life. 
God used Boaz as a hero in Ruth and Naomi's life. The problem with Israel at the time of the Judges was that the nation was a confederation of tribes which was susceptible to all sorts of vulnerabilities. Also, these Israelites are looking at all these neighboring nations who have kings and seeing that they don't have a human king like all of these neighboring nations. In reality, God was their king, but these Israelites wanted a human king. So they demand a king, and God gives them the great-grandson of Boaz, David. Even before he became king and while he was a young shepherd boy, Israel was threatened by the Philistines. And the Philistines had a unique weapon in this giant named Goliath. Goliath demands that Israel send a challenger to fight him, but no one has the courage to do it. And that's when the shepherd David volunteers. David enters the battle armed with his shepherd's tools, a sling and five stones. David knocks out the giant with a stone to the forehead. And so even before he became king, David was a hero in Israel for rescuing them from the Philistines. 1 Samuel 18.30 says, Every time the commanders of the Philistines attacked, David was more successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officers. So David's name became very famous. David became a hero to Israel even before he became king. But after David, things start to go south for Israel. David's grandson, King Rehoboam, threatens to rule with an iron fist, which prompts the northern tribes of Israel to rebel and break off into their own country. So the nation splits, and now you have the kingdom of Israel in the north with its capital as Samaria, and the kingdom of Judah in the south with its capital of Jerusalem. This starts the cycle of kings in both the north and the south, and the northern kings are all bad. And most of the kings in Judah are bad, with some exceptions. These kings lead the people away from God. They worship other gods. Some of them practice human sacrifice. They marry women from foreign nations. They set up idols and pagan places of worship. And this behavior of the kings leads the people into idolatry as well. The people behave just like all the people of the nations around them. They worship money, power, status, idols. They think only of themselves while oppressing those of lower status and means. Eventually, God allows external enemies to deal a fatal blow to the people. In 722 BC, the dominant world power of Assyria attacks Samaria in Israel. Samaria falls, Israel ceases to exist as a nation, and the people are carried off to exile. Similarly, 136 years later, there's a new world power, and this time it's Babylon. And Babylon attacks Jerusalem. In 586 BC, Jerusalem falls, and the people are carried off into exile in Babylon. We're a long way off from creation. When God created the cosmos, reality was perfect. Everything was as it should be. God and humans lived in perfect harmony and peace. There was no death, no sorrow, and no pain. But now we have lots of death, lots of violence, lots of sin, lots of sorrow. The people of God have no national identity, no land to call home. Many of them have been killed by Babylonians. And now they're living in and ruled by Babylon. The people of God have no leader, no king, no hero, no one to point to. Who will save them? The prophet Isaiah offers a glimmer of hope in Isaiah 59 verse 20. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. God promises a hero who will come back to Jerusalem 
to buy back Israel. God, you promised a hero to crush the snake in Genesis. And you promised a hero to buy back Israel in Isaiah. God, we could use that hero right now. I need a hero Someone to rescue me God, we need that hero right now. I look to you, I look to you, my hero I look to you, I look to you, to you.